All right, everyone, welcome back to Content That Grows podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the shift to a marketing-led buyer's journey. And I'm joined today with Pius Chan of Lumen5. How's it going, Pius? Hey, Nate, how are you? Good to be here. Yeah, great. Uh, excited to have you. Um, so a little bit more about him. Uh, Pius is the head of growth at Lumen5. Uh, he's leading the company's go-to-market strategy and managing marketing, sales, and customer experience teams. Uh, with 22 years of experience in B2B tech, he brings a unique perspective on the workings of large enterprises and startups and valuable insights into the buyer's journey. So, um, yeah, it's a great overview, and I think that's a, an exciting kind of perspective that you have uh, across multiple departments to really be able to dig into this topic today. Um, mm-hmm. So I would love to just kind of get started and hear from you on, like, what are some of the key things that you are seeing in the shift away from sales-led uh, go-to-market strategies and, and moving into sort of more of that marketing-led buyer's journey. Yeah, thanks, Nate. That that was a great intro and, and great to be here, like I said, and really excited to, to yeah. really talk about this. Um, yeah, I think over, it, it's, it's been really interesting to, to be able to be in the forefront of marketing and sales and, and customers as well in, in the whole journey within Lumen5. But really, some, some of the, the main key pieces that we're seeing is, is this kind of shift away from, from the buyers uh, being a sales-led function into really a marketing-led function. And you know, I, I think I see that um, as a 16-year veteran, as a sales rep and an AE in the first years of my career, really looking at the old ways of, of selling are really no longer that effective. And, and really because we're starting to see people wanting to buy differently now. And, and all of that is really just that hold and access to information uh, that was previously held by sales reps in, in a lot of ways. I mean, I remember when I first started my career, I was selling copiers for Canon, and I, I had all the information. I had all my brochures. I'd, I'd call my competitors to find out about their machines and, you know, kind of the pros and cons. And when I spoke with customers, I had all the information, and I had all of the, the, the competitive um, technicalities. I knew what was in the market, and, and they didn't have that information, right? You, right? you fast forward maybe 10 years into the future, you had landing pages, very much one-way information uh, sites or whatnot, like eBooks and blogs. And now it's really two yep. ways, right? People are talking to each other. Uh, people are in Slack communities or in podcasts here, right? Where people can yep. just dive into all of the things and all of the information out there. So we're seeing people wanting to do their own research and finding out all of the facts and, and details before they really speak to a vendor. So, I mean, it's, it's nothing new that marketers don't know, but now I'm, I'm seeing the shift in like, how can we adapt to this and what can marketers do to, to adapt to this new, new buying journey? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great, a great overview and certainly, um, agree. I think there's maybe some, some aspects of marketing that's still a bit of a relic, um, you know, you mentioned like eBooks and some of those things that like, mm-hmm. not the eBook as a format is bad, but like if your approach is to generate the leads to then have sales, you know, go at them exclusively, yeah. then I think that's you know, certainly, certainly a bit more dated. Um, but even, you know, to your point there, uh, you mentioned like communities and I think, um, you know, this was a bit of, I think one of the big shifts there was like, from my perspective, G2, um, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, sites like that, trust advisor and things like that, that are, um, really were meant to sort of like add a ton of that research and power the buyer. Uh, and it did shift away a lot from sales. Uh, but in, in my experience in the last few times that I've utilized a site like G2, they don't have at least the, the categories I was looking in, they don't have pricing listed. Um, mm. 
But I also know from being in Slack communities for marketing leaders and some of that, that there's certainly a lot of conversation that's like, hey, this company doesn't have pricing listed. Does anyone, has anyone worked with this? Can at least give me a ballpark of what you were working with. And yeah. so even then there's like ways to capture some of that unknown information um, without having to talk yeah. sales. So yeah, I think it's, it's certainly, uh, I agree, like certainly moved a lot in the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Uh, but probably a lot of ways that there are people can continue to be shifting that way. Um, yeah. 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 And I just want I mean, you bring up a good point with G2 and, and that's exactly how, how people prefer to do the research, right? Like a lot of ways it, B2B has really, you know, lagging behind B2C and, and with, with the reviews and like people commenting, leaving stars to see which products work out. I mean, that's how people buy on Amazon. That That's really how people buy online. So they want to take that online B2C experience and really move it to B2B now because it's the same person making those purchases, right? right? Whether right. I'm at home on, on my laptop uh, in my own personal time or, or whether I'm at work and, and kind of making those decisions and really really seeing that shift in, in, in B2B companies trying to adapt that uh, review stage and, and informational stage now too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I've, I've also seen some stuff um, about like customer-led and um, community-led and I'd love to just kind of hear how you think about some of the differences between marketing led versus you know uh customer or community led like do you think there's overlap yeah. do you think they're very different mm -hmm. what are your thoughts there yeah it's a great question i i think they're they're very similar in, in if if not the same really just looking at two different lens of of who you are at the time right if if you're a customer it's very much customer led because when i'm looking at it from my perspective if i'm a customer I want to be able. I want to be able to go out there and search for the things that I need, search for the information I need, uh, yeah. search for the competitive intelligence that I need, and I need it to all be there wherever I search for it. And sometimes when I'm not searching for it and it pops up in my feed, it's, it's something that I'm interested in seeing. So from a customer side, I, I feel like it's customer led because I'm driving this information. I'm driving the need for like what I'm looking for when I'm searching for. But when you yeah. switch it around and you look at marketing led now as a marketer. I need to be the one that's creating this content that's helpful to my customers and putting it in the channels that they're seeing and they're frequenting. So from a marketer side, I'm very much giving the customer the information they need to make the decision. So when I look at a customer-led um, buying model now, it's very much the same as a, as a marketing-led buyer's journey. But when you look at it from a marketing-led buyer's journey, that, that means that the vendor themselves have the ability to make that change, to do something about it. Right. As a marketer, as a vendor, I can choose to put information out there that's helpful, that drives the kind of decisions that, that I want my customers to be making, but also allowing the customer to find this information. So I, I think it's the same, two different sides of the coin for, for where you're looking at. But when we look at mm -hmm. it from a, a marketing-led buyer's journey, then, then the vendor has some control in terms of what they want to put out there and, and, and what they want uh, their customers to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I think the community led aspect. Uh, I very much believe in, I mean, seeing the mm -hmm. power of it in terms of being able to tap into some communities for advice, feedback, and getting kind of like a short list of options. And we've certainly benefited from communities and being recommended with them and getting new clients um, ourselves from them. Um, and so I, I definitely view that, but I don't, um, I think it's a piece of the, the puzzle. And to your point, like there's still the marketing led aspect, like I would, I can't fathom only getting feedback from someone in a community and then just go
going for it without like just straight to sign up, you know, without even looking at the website and considering some of the other factors, understanding better how it works, reading content. Like I think there are still some pieces, but in, from my perspective, the community led aspect seems like just a piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd love to hear, hear your thoughts on that piece as well. Yeah, I totally agree. And then when, when we look at the, the buyer's journey, right, there's there's the, the standard stages with awareness, consideration, and getting to the purchase stage. And I think when you look at um, the different type of content or different types of draw for people at different mindsets really comes into play. So creating that purposeful content for this person during that type of, of, of their journey. So maybe community-led in the very beginning is something that spurs something for me, right? Like, when in my conversations with buyers, there's really much three reasons that buyers buy that create that catalyst for, for them buying, which is pain-based, that I have pain in, in, in my process that I need fixed, disruption-based, which is that I was introduced to a new way of doing things that'll help me do my business better that I didn't think about before. And the third is FOMO-based. This is what I'm seeing everyone else doing that I want to get caught up on too. And in that community function, community marketing aspect, I think that really plays off in the, in the awareness stage, making me aware that, oh, there's this issue that I could be you know, using this other solution to solve. And that's really disruption or FOMO based. And then as yeah. I move down the journey into this, uh, this consideration piece, I'm like, okay, now that I realize I have this problem I wanna solve, now I go to the company website. Now I, I learn more about what they actually do and, and tying the solutions back. So, And then I speak yep. to other friends or, or colleagues that have used that product or a company, for example. And by the time I actually reach the vendor, I'm, I'm like 85% sold. They, they're on my list. They're on my short yep. list. I'm talking to them now to really tie the, the pieces together to be able to, to customize a solution for me based on what they can do. So you know, a, a lot of that was done um, by sales in the past, that whole journey forward. But now it's really up to marketing and the content that you put out there that can drive people yeah. to your sales team eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, and so shifting a little bit, the, uh, so Lumen five does a lot around like video content and enabling people in that area. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to kind of shift a little bit and just kind of get some of your thoughts on, uh, what are some of the content strategy or sorry? Yeah. Content strategies, content formats, uh, that seem from your perspective are best supporting the, the marketing led motion. Yeah. And that's a great question. I think right now the marketing led function is, is really around creating impactful and purposeful content, right? And, and you know, this, this amazingly well with your past and tenure, but creating that content at all different stages to be able to attract uh, the person who's seeing your content into your, into your funnel is key. And, you know, I think before, you know, there was really one way to consume information or at least limited ways, right? The blog was the main piece. The written word was the main piece. Right. Now you've expanded to audio, like podcasts. And, and a lot of people get their information from listening to podcasts and speaking, listening to, to subject matter experts talk about that thing that they want to learn about. Video yeah. is another powerful way, right? And you talk about repurposing content a lot and creating that, that, that evergreen piece that can spur off like 20, 30 different types of content, short form here, social there, right? And when you look at video in terms of how people can use video in terms of long form, short form, you can take the audio function of it and you can take the the text uh, transcript of a video and create a ton of different content for it. But then when you take the content for it, we really want to repurpose it 
with purpose, right? So if I'm taking that same piece of content and I'm putting it on LinkedIn, for example, versus TikTok, it's a very different audience. Or it might be the same audience, but my mindset when I'm when I'm on LinkedIn or TikTok is very different. So playing to that mindset while keeping the overall structure or skeleton of that content is, is really important. So what we're doing is we're trying to obviously repurpose a lot of our content in video form, short form, um, but making sure to be aware of, of our, our buyer's mindset during the different times that they're on different platforms and what they would be thinking about. And it's really feeding them that helpful information that'll help them make the decisions that, that they want to make. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Like that there's, you know, it's easy to kind of put together a framework or, you know, this checklist or whatever that's sort of like... <laughs> For every blog post, we're going to do X, Y, Z, or for every podcast episode, mm -hmm. we're going to turn it into yeah. all these different things. And, um, you know, be just being mindful of like what, what actually should be cut up and in, in, into what format. And we've certainly talked a bit about that and like kind of mat matching the, the format to the message and then yeah. the, uh, channel to the format, you know, like making sure that these things, uh, kind of correspond and, and will hit people in the right way. So I think you, uh, you made a good point there. Um, and it, I think the other thing there is with, you know, respect to that, I think that to your point earlier on like, um, communities and just the different ways, I mean, I think we've certainly seen that over the last couple of years, the shift, um, that there is a lot more, um, awareness happening and, and people sort of, uh, becoming, followers of someone before they even become a customer uh, on LinkedIn and Twitter and whatnot because of a lot of this shift into um, putting the value mm -hmm. out. So like you said before, like sale, you know, sales led, they, they held all the information. Um, and back then it probably would have felt ridiculous to be like, we're going to actually give, take all of our most valuable information and just post it on, on, on yeah. social and other <laughs> stuff every day. Um, but that shift has happened, and I think that that's another way that marketing sort of followed with the content and um, and really needing to do that. And it's interesting because it feels like everyone's done it, but then there's still, you know, come across companies every single day, SaaS companies, whether they're newer with smaller budgets or, or large established SaaS companies that just still mm -hmm. aren't actually doing uh, anything in the in terms of like, extensive repurposing and like, um, you know, CEOs posting on social and some of that stuff. Um, yeah. you know, where do you, do you have any thoughts on kind of like where, where it goes from here or kind of like what, what aspects of that are picking up momentum? Obviously like LinkedIn text posts have been around for quite a while and, and then kind of like TikTok's a bit newer, maybe a bit of cross posting, you know, so from your perspective and in the areas you're seeing a lot uh, from Lumen5, just kind of curious if you have any thoughts on kind of what's picking up steam. Yeah, I, I, that, that's a great question. And I think that that's a great question. I think that really depends on your audience and what kind of product uh, that you have, right? I mean, if you're a, if you're a really in-depth, deep product that 
only sells to executives and very technical or, or, or whatnot, mechanical, for example, or engineering, TikTok isn't probably the place to go. But if you're selling to marketers sure. and your 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 audience mostly marketers, then it really depends on on that function. But when you know you bring up a good point with thought leaders and whatnot, and, and in the past, I mean, you, you couldn't get access to to these these folks who who had these. Um, you know, these strategies and, and teachings and whatnot, but now you're seeing it everywhere, right? Like everyone's sharing their expertise and sharing what makes their business tick. But in a lot of ways, I think if, if you're, if you sell a product and your product enables that strategy, that's an amazing way to, to be able to, totally. to sell your product yep. is like share the strategy. You, you can, you can get close with the strategy, but you can't get all the way unless you have the product as well. And I, I see a lot of great companies really doing that and sharing that expertise where they they get their customer, you know, majority of the way in that beginning stages, and then these customers get bought into to that strategy because it really works and they, they, they see the, the benefits of that. And then they, they, they have to purchase the, the product to, to make it the rest of the way there. By the time they do, they're happy customers, right? And they've created yeah. this lifelong lifelong partnership. And I think really, you know, tying it back to, to revenue is, is a big piece also, um, what we're doing with our content and being able to give away this strategy is, is being able like to, to attribute it back to eventual purchase to who's actually using our strategies to find success, how much success are they using, and then how much of those are actually translating to, to future sales. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Um, and then, so one more question to kind of wrap up this uh, segment around kind of the, the marketing-led buyer journey. Um, if if a company, someone listening is like still pretty heavily sales-led, um, and that doesn't obviously doesn't mean that like their pro, potential customers are that way, like they're finding information mm -hmm. elsewhere and maybe going to competitors, but terms of within the company and the stuff they're controlling and the, the motion that they have, you know, what are some of the steps you think they could take to get started and kind of moving more towards marketing led? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I think that the biggest piece right now is really for sales teams and marketing teams to to work very, very closely together. And the collaboration, and, and we see this often, right? And this is something that, that, that's been happening for, for a long time where sales is, is managing and working in their own silos. And same with marketing. They have different KPIs, different measurements of success, and they clash and whatnot. So a yeah. lot of that um, has to be removed where sales folks need to think like marketers and sales folks or, or need to nurture these customers to the point where they're ready to buy. And, you know, to your point earlier, not just get an email and try to sell everybody because they downloaded an ebook somewhere like three years ago. And yeah. marketers as well, right? Marketers need to... To, to start thinking more like sales folks, where instead of going one to many, they need to create that that experience, that personalized, impactful experience where it feels like it's one to one. And sales does that very well, right? Sales very much tailors this experience for the customer because they can based on their function. But now marketing needs to figure out a way to, to be able to deliver that one-to-one -one experience, but in a one-to-many function and format while hitting the different types of buyers that you have, different um, different purchasers that you have. And, and to the last point, right now in 2023, we're, we're seeing the buying cycle change where no one buyer wants to be that one person that says, I'm going to buy this thing and then see it fail. So we're continuously yeah. coming across committees now, 
Um, the procurement cycle is much longer than it was last year, and it, it will continue to be as, as companies are more worried about their finances. So now, yeah. when we're looking at marketing, creating that content that sells their buyer, they also now need to sell the CEO, the CFO, the purchasing team, the IT team, for example. So we need to be able to tell good stories to each of these functions that that hits their why for, for buying the software. So um, that's going to be more and more important for marketing as, as we go forward. Yep. Yep. That's great. Uh, awesome. Anything else you want to add that I didn't ask you about or didn't cover on that topic? Oh, no, that was, that was, that was fully extensive for there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Um, Sweet. Cool. All right. So we'll, yeah, we'll move over into kind of the, the final four section. Um, so the first question is uh, just like, what's a recent, uh, success or learning, um, that you'd like to share? Yeah. Um, maybe it's not a, a recent success, but it's definitely a learning and it's really not nothing new, but it's, it's really more of a, a lifelong learning thing that, um, you'll never really be good at anything at your first try. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, looking at podcasting, for example, or content creation, right? Writing and creativity. There's a lot of things that we need to continue to to work on and continue to practice on to, to make it good. And I think once you realize that nothing is ever good when you first try it, you, you'll, you'll move along quicker. Um, and that, that kind of came up when one of my colleagues was just saying recently that just when you think you got it, the world changes. And, and we've seen it recently with <laughs> yeah. AI and that's really disrupted a lot of marketers who think they have this rhythm going on and all of a sudden AI comes and changes everything in terms of how they work. Mm-hmm. And they'll need to adapt again. And, and um, yeah, I think marketing itself hasn't changed. But when you look at the tool set and the technology, um, and more specifically, the buyers that we're selling into now, the generational changes in, 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 in you know, uh, maturity of these folks now, all that's changed. Yeah. So just when you think the old playbook works, uh, it, it, it flips around and you have to adapt. In and, and I think that's something that uh, is continuous. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, your your comment that, like, you aren't going to be great at something on the first try. Generally, totally agree. I think that's great. And it reminded me though, because your example of podcast, um, we were looking at the stats the other day and um, we noticed that uh, it counts kind of like um, listeners and downloads together um, in the platform we use. And um, 50% of our like all time listens and downloads have actually come in like the last 90 days and we've been doing it oh, for wow. 18 months. Um, yeah. So it was That's like, amazing. just like really starting to kind of pick up some of the areas and like getting some distribution, um, and like getting mentioned in other places and stuff. That's really, noticed that and so um yeah certainly yeah that's amazing (laughs) even when you're writing a blog yeah right right? like if you're writing a blog you have one post no one's gonna read it but if you have 50 posts that's when it starts picking up so yeah congrats that's awesome yeah yeah thank you yeah so that just uh came to mind because you know podcasting was certainly a bit more foreign to me than blog content and stuff like that when we started and so um, thankfully we just took a long-term view on it and didn't try to measure the success in a pilot or anything like that. Cause it would have, it would have gotten killed early. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's great advice. Um, for sure. Um, second for your company, uh, for Lumen five, like what role does content play in your overall strategy? 
Yeah, content is huge, and, and content is our, our, our overall strategy in marketing overall. Like, we're really mm-hmm. trying to put out um, helpful content and really kind of sharing who we are and in, in, in what we do, what we stand for, and how we can help. Um, a lot of our content is around helping marketers create better videos, um, create better content, repurposing content, and we really talk about what we're hearing from other marketers to to help other marketers understand that we're not alone in any of the problems we face. And I think yep. that's that's been a huge uh, shift in the content in marketing as well over the last maybe five years, ten years, maybe not so much ten, but you know, really helping all of us understand that we're really just trying to figure this thing out. And as soon as one thing adapts and changes, we're all trying to figure it out too. And I really love this community of, of selling to marketers and marketing to marketers because the content we put out there resonates and we learn from each other as well. So um, the yep. content that Lumen5 puts out is very much what we've been hearing from from other marketers and kind of um, yeah, helping them create uh, the type of content that they want to create as well. So again, going back to my point where earlier we were helping marketers create amazing video to the point where they might need Lumen5 and, and they might need a tool like ours to, to carry on the rest of the way. But even without our product and with our tool set, we, we give a lot of uh, amazing content and helpful, hopefully helpful content out there that, that helps marketers do their jobs a lot easier. Yeah, great. Um, so this might be interesting and sort of unique for you, but because of the fact that you oversee marketing sales and customer success. But um, like, how how does Lumen5 define success for you and your team? So I guess I'll caveat that, that perhaps because you also oversee sales, revenue is probably the obvious one. So maybe, you know, in addition to that, uh, you know, what else you might share? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, revenue is, is definitely a, a big portion of that, obviously, kind of, but we want to drive the right kind of revenue, right? And we want to drive the right type of growth. Um, I think how how we achieve growth is really important to us fundamentally. We want we want the right type of growth, long term, um, sustainable, with with great customers who are happy to to work with us. I think when we look at success for our company, is really being able to help our customers do the thing that they wanted to do when they first came to us. And whether they're paying customers or free customers, we have we have millions of free users that are on our platform. We want to help them achieve whatever it is that they, they came to us for as well. Um, and that's that's really from our leadership and our founders. I think when they first started the company, they tried to make videos as well and realize how hard it was and, and with the tools out there. I come from an agency background yeah. as well and, and understanding how not easy it is to, to make videos. Um, and, you know, to your days of, of social, it wasn't easy back then as, as well in sure, terms of yeah. how companies wanted to scale social, right? So now companies are trying to scale video. So, yeah, I think for us, success is just really... We, we have a channel in Slack uh, called Warm Fuzzies, and, and we all share the, the happy customer stories uh, that we see from there. And that's, that's one of all of our favorite channels. And I think personally, that's that's really a good way for us to, to drive success. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. All right. And then lastly, um, what's your least favorite marketing conversation that's happening <laughs> in social channels right now and why? Oh, this one's a fun one. Yeah, I, I was listening to some of your shows earlier too, and I think I caught some of these uh, comments as well. It's really interesting, but it's really, like I said, it's, it's more of a love and hate um, between AI and, and repurposing content right now. And I love those two things. And I think done right, it's so powerful, right? Done right, 
when we yeah. talk about it right and the right kind of conversations is great. But um, like you and, and many marketers out there are seeing too, I think there's a lot of maybe commodity content that are that just kind of reach the level that the surface of it all. And we all know there's so much deeper space to go. So um, yeah, I think around AI and repurposing content, those two, those two, we can definitely do a lot better to go deeper and, and, and find out a lot more about them and, and share that with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. And yes, as you pointed out, we've talked a bit already about how, uh, on some other episodes about how, how we feel about the, the hysteria around some of it, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think there's. There's some good things, you know, I, I've seen some stuff more recently that people are being very open about like, mm -hmm. here's how I'm creating 500 posts in a single day, uh, like blog posts in a single day via chat GPT. And then, you know, some of the people in the comments are like, just, you know, tearing them to shreds and other people are basically like, let us know how it goes. Like, I don't think it's gonna be good, mm -hmm. but let us know, you know? And so I think there's some interesting stuff that's like, people are almost just like willing to fail publicly and like learn publicly, um, you know, along the way. And so that stuff to me is a little a, more palatable than like, you know, the person who's all of a sudden an expert when, yeah. you know, they just started checking it out two weeks ago. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> yeah I saw this. And I saw this absolute, meme those... Go ahead. Yeah. No, sorry. I, was, I, I saw this meme that was pretty funny the other day that was like a job description. Uh, I think it was from Brooklyn Ash, but he's like, job description must have five years ChatGPT experience. And all of a sudden, in, in any job postings for 2023, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the absolute worst uh, that's just like an immediate scroll past for me is um, there's still an alarming number of people who call it ChatGBT. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's not even like the right acronym. Um, and so, um, that feels alarming that maybe you're not even using the tool. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's, there's some red flags there, but, yeah. um, awesome. Well, this has been a, a great conversation. Um, Pius, I guess you want to share how others can find you and, and connect with you. It'd be uh, great to have you do that real quick. Yeah, sure. I'm I'm on LinkedIn at Pius Chen, uh, so you can find me there uh, under Lumen Five. Yep, awesome, cool. Yeah, well, check out uh, Lumen Five, and then uh, for anything else content that grows, you can find that at tenspeed.io/podcast. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe for us, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, Pius. Thanks, Nate.